If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! I was a pediatric patient myself uh, when I was younger. I was a very, very sick kid, and I, we really didn't plan on making it past my 13th birthday. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar, and from 2019, that is the voice of Marianne Douglas, a respiratory therapist at Nemours Children's Hospital in Orlando. I'm pleased to say that Marianne made it well past her 13th birthday, going on to a career as a performer, a singer, with both Opera Orlando and Walt Disney World, before becoming a healthcare provider and Nemours associate. Here's a little more from our 2019 interview about that trajectory. I loved performing, but I felt like I was destined to do something greater with my life. And a lot of it had to do with the doctors that I met as a pediatric patient. The doctor involved in my care was Dr. David Bailey. He was the CEO, for those of you who may not know, but yeah, he was the CEO of Moore's. And um, when I decided to go back to school, I sent him a letter and went, Hey, I'm not sure if you remember me. Uh, it was a long time ago, but I wanted you to know that I'm alive and I wanted to give back uh, the way that he gave so much to me. So you specifically wanted to go into healthcare yes. and be in pediatrics. Yes. How did you end up as a respiratory therapist? Um, well, I don't do blood very well. Um, I always say I'm a belly button up kind of person. I can handle boogers and snot. Uh, but the, the belly button down stuff kind of bothers me a lot. Uh, and the blood draws, not so much. So talk about how different it is from your performing days. Those who know me well would say that, wow, there's there's not much difference. I'm kind of the same person that I was when I was at Walt Disney World. But you know that kids are not happy to be at the hospital. So it's a change in how your audience is because kids are scared parents are scared and you have to to give them comfort in some way and so performing and bringing that background I think has been pretty beneficial because there's clucking like chickens and and singing songs and performing for those kids so they can forget for those five minutes that they're maybe going through a blood draw or maybe dealing with things that are terrifying. We'll get back to the singing and clucking like a chicken in a few minutes. But first, let's find out from Marianne what's happened in her Nemours world since our first interview, starting with her experience in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, March, April, and May 2020. It was nerve-wracking for sure because it was still a very unknown variable. We didn't know what we were going to experience. A lot of us kind of rallied together. It made us a closer team. The nurses, the doctors, the PCTs, patient care techs, and nurse practitioners, we all really banded together. So if we were all afraid, we at least had each other to lean on during it. And it was challenging not being able to be home to see some of my family members, knowing that I've come in contact with COVID and I didn't want to get them sick. So 
there was that separation period of not being around the ones that I loved most, my family members, but at least having my team there to support us during the a very scary first three months of going, what's going to happen? Talk about, give me an example of how your fellow associates, can you think of something specific that occurred that made you say, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I have you by my side here at Nemours right now? Well, I think it was just knowing um, they were going through the exact same feelings that I was. I used to joke to say no one knew what a respiratory therapist was until COVID happened. And then, you know, then it was the, oh, oh, so when you went to Publix and you said, oh, I'm a respiratory therapist, it's amazing how fast people kept those six feet of distance from you. But um, it was one thing that I think all of us could band together and go, I'm a little nervous. You know, the first COVID patient we did have, it was a little nerve wracking, but it was nice to know that I had a supportive team member right behind me to say, hey, we got this and we're going to do this together. It was a good camaraderie. It really brought us closer as a team. And as the pandemic progressed, I mean, I think most of us thought mm, April, May, June, it would be over and it's not even over today, two and a half years later. Talk about the kind of stress that you encountered, long-term stress that you encountered as a respiratory therapist. There is a long-term fatigue because obviously a lot of opportunities came up for RTs to travel to help to help out in states that were such in dire need of respiratory therapists. And luckily, again, our hospital was not as inundated with COVID. So our team got a little smaller. And when that happened, we still had to do everything for the patients we had, but it was just a smaller, tighter team. And in that sense, you had to depend 100% on that other person. And the nurses and the PCTs and the doctors and the nurse practitioners Y'all really stepped up to help us out when our team was smaller than what we were used to when the hospital had first opened. So during that time and even up until now, have you done anything different to mitigate what was really and is really still a tremendous amount of stress? Well, actually, yes. So another weird thing that the pandemic taught us is obviously, you know, we all would eat in a very small lunchroom together. We'd all sit and talk and talk and talk. But they had encouraged us to, you know, stay apart because COVID was spreading from adults to adults. So I took time to then the 30 minute lunch that I have to go outside, turn on YouTube videos of cats and kittens and dogs and kind of just recharge. And it just really, even now, the stress isn't any less, but I've learned to say whether you're working at a hospital or your stay-at-home mom or dad, or you're working at Walmart or McDonald's, to take that time to just embrace a pause because you just have to sit. That's where I center myself. I've learned to be a little bit more of, if I've got to take that 30-minute pause, it's important. It's vital. It, it truly has helped my, my sanity. Were you not taking that pause before? Not really, no. I think we would... We would work, you know, long hours and it would be munching here and there and then keeping the momentum going. Or it was chatting. And I love talking to my coworkers, but there was something about 30 minutes of just turning off the world of either reading my book for 30 minutes or, you know, eating my pizza rolls for my 30 minutes, just being with me. And being okay in my silence and 
it kind of centered me quite a bit. So Performing itself can be centering. Maybe that's why Marianne decided to take it up again in a more formal way as an adjunct to her duties here at Nemours. I actually am very fortunate enough to work now at Universal Studios Orlando as one of their stage actors at the longest running show at Universal, the Horror Makeup Show. You know, you can take the performer out of the stage, but you can't take the stage out of the performer. So are there any patient stories that that stick out to you from the pandemic time frame? Oh, my gosh. So, again, we were very blessed that COVID has not done the damage that it has done to the adult world. Still very blessed. But we did have this this kid. He was six years old and his his prognosis was pretty poor. He had a very bad infection in the lungs and six chest tubes and had the most amazing mom and dad. And we weren't sure. This was near Christmas time. So it struck a chord with me because Christmas time is such a beautiful time. And um, we didn't know if he was going to make it or not. And through talking with the family, his favorite character was Blue from Jurassic Park. So since I work at Universal Studios, I made sure I went over to uh, Blue, the raptor, because you could meet Blue. And we did a little video for him to say, you know, get better. This is Blue. Blue wants to wish you, you know, a get better. And when he was finally awake, and the tube was out, and he was able to see it. It was so amazing. It was great that I was able to blend my life outside with this family. And I can remember one of the nights, there was going to be a rocket launch. And the mom and the dad were going to watch this rocket launch off of Cape Canaveral. And they had never seen one. And I sat thinking, I've lived in Florida all my life. And so rockets and shuttles, you took for granted that, right? Like I'm used to, I'm used to fireworks all the time. And yet seeing the parents just in awe of something so neat, I sat back and I went, God, this is amazing. I, you know, I took for granted so many things that I saw on a daily basis and that this family, we didn't know if, if their little boy was going to get out of there. And yet there they were appreciating something so special. And I am happy and proud to say that he got up. He not only left the hospital, he walked out of that hospital and still stay in touch with the family. And I have seen maybe two miracles, true miracles working in that hospital. And I'm blessed to say that that was one of them. And it was amazing, just a truly blessed experience to be a part of. What lessons do you think you personally learned and professionally learned as a result of the pandemic? Personally, when I wasn't able to be near my family to hug them as much as I wanted to for that first year, just to keep them safe. I had, At the time, I had two very elderly grandparents and I realized how, again, how short life can be, how fragile life can be. And yet, how strong people can be. You know, you you sit there and think, back in 2019, I remember going to Celine Dion with my mom and my sisters, and she had come to perform in Tampa. And at one point, I turned to my mom and my sisters, and I said, doesn't matter what happens after this. This was the most amazing feeling in my life. 
And of course, then COVID happened a month later. And so I said, I'm sorry, world, I caused COVID. But it made me think life can change on a dime. And when it does, you just have to learn to appreciate the little wins. And I do, you know, I, I do anyways, given my life. But it taught me that life is so fragile and that you should really take the time to appreciate your family, your friends, the kids you treat every day. You should be able to cry. You should be able to laugh. And the minute you stop doing that, you shouldn't be in the healthcare profession because you should always have that humanity and know that I was humbled and still am to be able to serve families like that little boy and the many others that I've gotten a chance to be close to and connected with. And professionally, I've certainly learned to be a little bit more flexible in my life because, you know, one minute you're, you're in one unit and the next minute they're saying, hey, you got to go over there because we're down another person. So I'm learning to be just a little more flexible in my life. Do you think being part of Nemours, as we look at where you are now at Nemours in 2022, having been through a pandemic, having spoken to us for the podcast in 2019, is still a place where you feel comfortable doing all this? How do you feel about being part of Nemours? I still love being a part of Nemours. A lot has changed, you know, changed for the better, changed, changed you know, they say it's your new norm. You know, there's a new normal that we're all facing. And uh, I'm happy to see we've got a lot of new blood, new hire RTs that are coming through. I've been able to teach some of the residents that have been coming through as doctors and share them my passion of respiratory therapy. And I see myself spending my the rest of my days here at Nemours. I've grown very fond of a lot of the doctors a lot of the nurses. Um, PICU is my crazy zoo. It's my home. And I, I'm just very blessed to be a part of that family, to be a part of that unit. One of the aspects that impressed me when you and I spoke back in 2019 was your optimism and your joy in the work that you do. Are you still that positive person? I am definitely, I can be a little more realistic now at times, but I'm, I'm definitely the same positive, optimistic person. I I'm a firm believer of hope, and I think the thing that I love most about kids is, boy, they can crash real fast, but their ability to bounce back is, is so, in, it's inspiring, and it makes me appreciate the work that I do, and I do add my, my chicken clucking and my singing still. We, we had a recent patient that the first words he said, you know, when we, when we got him, he had a trach placed which is where it bypasses the vocal cords. But we have a thing called a passing mirror valve, which you can put on so that the patient can speak. And we ended up doing karaoke to Elton John. Like, I think we did Rocket Man. It's the end. I think it's going to be a long, long time. Such dumb rings me around again to find. I'm not the man they think I am at home. I don't know, no. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly no opera. Opera's my thing. But yeah, but I did have a kid who, one more story of music that the mom said, oh my gosh, this kid, he likes opera. And I said, really? Opera? Of all things, opera. I mean, and he's a tiny kid, really. She goes, yeah, he loves it. I said, well, you know what? When you finally get the tube out of this kid and, we, and you're ready to go home, 
I'm going to sing you some classic opera, but as a chicken. And she said, what? And I said, this is the only way I'm going to do it. So last time, I think I did sing some opera for you. But this time, I'm going to do it in the way that I did it for this kid because I was combining chicken. Okay, so it's it's going to be the same song. So don't everybody think it's going to be something different, but it'll be chicken. So it's... <clears throat> So, yeah, that's a refresh my memory. What is the piece that is called Omio Babino Caro uh, set to tune of chicken? Yes. I always said, just wait until that bitty the Christmas pluck into the Christmas classics comes out. That'll be a huge CD. I think I haven't asked you about that you'd like to share about Nemours, about your patience over the years, about yourself. No, I mean, other than honestly, three years from now, just expect that I'll still be technologically illiterate. I can work event like nobody's business, but somehow these phones are ridiculous. You think after the pandemic, I'd be really good at it. No, I'm not. I, I still love hugging people. I, I plan on living my days out at Nemours. They're stuck with me and I am just still very grateful. I have an amazing family, a supportive team at work. And uh, all in all, I'm just the same weird person I was three years ago. I'll just get weirder with age, I think. Marianne Douglas is a respiratory therapist with Nemours Children's Hospital in Orlando. Marianne's first interview is available as part of Episode 4 of the Champions for Children podcast. We'll put a link to Episode 4 in the show notes for this episode, which, for the record, is number 152. There are so many amazing, funny, informative, and touching Nemours stories. And the Nemours Champions for Children podcast is all about those stories in your voice. Tell us yours. Send your story ideas to podcast at Nemours.org. That's podcast at Nemours.org. We record remotely at your convenience, individually or in groups. We're looking forward to hearing from you soon. Shout out to our production team this week, Peter Adebi, Allison Kraft, Deborah Griffin, and Savannah Pettit. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. You may find the podcast on Nemoorsnet and the Nemours Now app anywhere you find your other favorite podcasts or by telling your smart speaker to play the Champions for Children podcast. On behalf of Marianne Douglas, I'm Carol Vassar, and we thank you for listening to this edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Until next time, please stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children and families we serve. <laughs>